We are so grateful that you are joining us today. We, as a community, pray that the Lord will refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's today's message. Thank you. Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. So good to be here today. As Jordan mentioned, it is uh, an honor to uh, to be a, a, a family with you guys, with Oasis. Uh, I first met Jordan um, on a softball field a couple years ago. Pastor JP and Jordan, a crew, were playing a game, and they needed one more, so they called me and said, hey, could you play? So I sure. And the other team ended up not showing up. And uh, so we said, well, let's play around a little bit. Let's have some fun. And so keep in mind, there's no other team. There's like seven guys out there. And Jordan is running around like a madman on the softball field. Like there is no inhibition to his body or anything like that. I found out he had a baby on the way. I was like, dude, you got to relax. You're going to get yourself hurt. But I, it's just been awesome getting to know Jordan and, uh, you know, the crew here. And it's, it's, it's incredible because... Um, you know, I am so blessed to, 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 to be here because it, it, you can just feel the presence of God here. And you can feel that God is, is here with us now. And it's an honor to be standing here where Pastor JP typically stands. He is um, a man I hold in high regard. And it's uh, been awesome to partner with him. And it's been great to have him and his wife uh, get some rest over the past few days as they welcome their first child. And um, I'm excited to, to, to open the Word of God with you guys today. But real quickly, a little bit about myself. As uh, uh, Jordan mentioned, I'm on staff at Chicago Tabernacle. I've uh, been there for about seven years. I've been married for almost eight years. My wife, Susie, is also on staff. And we have two little boys. How many of you guys are parents in the room? Okay. I've got two little boys. Um, and how many of you have two of the same gender? Okay. So I've got two boys. One is four, and one's about ready to turn three. They're about 20 months apart. So our house is like, it might as well be a wrestling ring. They're like literally the other day, my oldest son opens the door of the room where I, I, I study. He opens the door and says, it's like 5.45 in the morning, guys. It's like super early. He opens the door and says, Dad, I want to wrestle, and I want to wrestle right now. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I'm reading the Bible. I'm kind of doing some other wrestling right now. I'm wrestling... In the spirit, and he goes, no, no, I want to wrestle right now. And I was like, okay, let's, it's 545. But, uh, I, I, you know, it's so blessing. It's such a blessing to be a father. It's such an incredible blessing to, to be with here uh, with you guys today. And um, please pardon my voice. I got a little bit of a, I woke up this morning with a, like a golf ball in my voice, it feels like. And, but I know that this word is for, it was, was for me, it ministered to me as I was preparing. I know it's for someone here because as the sound's been going out, as everything's been going crazy, how many know the enemy doesn't want to, he wants to thwart any plan of the God, that God has for us. Amen? Amen. So uh, please excuse the, uh, the voice. Please excuse the, the smart water here. I'm not like at a press conference sponsoring smart water. I just need some water once in a while. So uh, today, I want to I talk about something that is, um, is very special to me, and as followers of Jesus Christ, it should be very special to you. You've been saved for five minutes, or you've been saved for 50 years, and you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years. And um, our brothers talked about it just a couple minutes ago. There's these moments that God wants to meet us. 
There's these moments that God wants to download something into our lives. There's these moments that God wants to infuse into us something that he has for us. But if we're not sensitive and if we're not aware of these moments, we're going to completely miss it. I want to, if you guys open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua, the book of Joshua is one of my favorite books. And um, it'll be up on the screen here. You know, could you just take it down for just a second? I want to set it up for, for just a second. Joshua is one of my favorite books. I actually was named after this dude, Joshua. And uh, so growing up, I was, I was always like, I was reading the book of Joshua. I didn't really understand. I was like a six-year-old reading the book of Joshua. And my dad would tell me and he would, and would study it. And, and slowly it became one of my favorite books because it's a lot about leadership and it's a lot about history and two things that I'm very passionate about. But the book of Joshua is also about a man who was changed, a man who was doing one thing, but then helped fulfill an incredible promise for an entire group of people. How many of you ever heard the name Abraham? Abraham? Okay. So you guys know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God gave a man named Abraham a promise. He said, your, your children, your descendants will, dis, will, will, number, will be like the sand on the seashore. And it'll inhabit this space. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob went on. And eventually the, the whole clan went to Egypt. And as they grew, they were enslaved. And for 400 years, they were in Egypt. But meanwhile, that promise that God gave Abraham was still burning in their hearts. And they left Egypt. And they wandered the wilderness for 40 years. Moses led them. And still that promise was burning in their hearts. And Joshua had the incredible honor the incredible responsibility of helping the Israelites fulfill that promise and for that entire nation. And there's about 2 million people that left Egypt. So about 2 million people Joshua was responsible for. 2 million people that he was responsible for making sure they were fed, they were led, they were protected. That's an incredible responsibility. It's an incredible responsibility. And the reason I'm I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of a, of a longer introduction before we read is because I want you guys to understand almost the pressure that Joshua was feeling. Almost the pressure that he was feeling of leading two million people. Think about that, guys. There's probably a hundred and some people in this room, but two million people he was responsible for. And as they were leaving Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea Moses led them. An entire, entire generation died. And Joshua had the responsibility of leading them into the promised land. And we read in the, book, in the beginning of the book of Joshua, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for I will be with you. God told them three times. Even the people said, Hey, be strong and courageous. We're with you. Come on. Let's go get them. So this incredible responsibility and this incredible calling and charge that God gave Joshua there was a weight and an anxiety, but at the same time, an excitement that he had. And there's a moment we're going to take a look at that changed the trajectory of who Joshua was, changed the trajectory of the nation of Israel, and the, why he was able to recognize that moment. Let's take a look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. It says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? 
The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your, excuse me, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you, God, Lord, that your presence is here. Thank you, God, Lord, that you have uh, you've appointed each and every person to be sitting in the seats that they are now. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us, Lord, that as we open your word, as we dive into your word, Lord, that your word would be like a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. And Lord, as we go from here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged and built up and charged because of the word that you want to give us today, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and we invite your presence into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Excuse me just a second. So Joshua, as I said, Joshua was, was responsible for about 2 million people. And if you look at the first part of Joshua, Joshua gets this charge. In chapters 3 and 4, Joshua uh, helps lead the Israelites into the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise that was given over 500 years previous. So there was a 500-year-old promise that, that Joshua was helping to fulfill. And as as he was helping lead the Israelites across the Jordan River, here the Israelites camped out in the plains of Jericho, and, Jer- and the Bible records that Joshua, Joshua was near Jericho. Could you go back to the passage real fast? It says Joshua was near Jericho. So what was Joshua doing at Jericho? Jer- Joshua was a military commander. He was scouting it out. Jericho was the, was the next stop of the conquest. He had to figure out how to attack Jericho and how to defeat it. So he was probably out there with his dudes. They're trying to say, hey, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And then there's this man with a drawn sword in his hand. And I don't know about you, but a dude standing by himself with a drawn sword probably was a crazy dude, in my opinion, and I would have not gone up to him, right? But Joshua went up to him and said, hey, you want to fight or you on our side? You want to go or are you going to step in line? And he said, neither. And at that, Joshua fell face down because Joshua realized that at that moment, the Lord had something to give him. At that moment, there was a deposit that God wanted to put in his life. There was, a, there was a word that he wanted to speak. There was a charge that he wanted to give him. There was a change in Joshua's life that he wanted to do, and that was at that moment. And I want to encourage you, there are moments in our lives that God wants to do something in our lives. There, I, want to, I want to call those holy moments. Holy moments, and the title of today's message is Don't Miss the Holy Moments. If we miss the holy moments, we're going to miss things that God wants to give us. There's going to be things that we miss. There's going to be charges. There's going to be instruction. There's going to be words of encouragement from other people that we're going to miss if we, are, do not, if we miss the holy moments. And uh, we're going to talk about exactly what holy is in just a minute, but as the Israelites we're going, and, and led by Joshua, as they entered into the promised land, Joshua realized that this problem, this land was bigger than one man. He needed the help of God. It was bigger than two million people. He needed God to help him. He realized that at that moment, God was going to give him the encouragement. He was going to give him the charge. He was going to give him the instructions to be able to conquer the land. And what I want to talk about today is when we, when we recognize the holy moments, God will make us conquerors. When we recognize holy moments, God 
will make us conquerors. And there's a, there's a charge that God gives us. There's a calling that God gives us. And before we talk about becoming conquerors, conquerors is a great thing. We all want to be going out here with our hat on and like say, hey, we're going to go conquer this. But there's a, there's a growth. There's a changing. There's a development of that conquering spirit that God wants to do in us. And the first thing I want to talk about is that before we can conquer, we have to be able to recognize those moments. We have to recognize the holy moments. And the first thing I want to say is when we are familiar with the holy, we, excuse me, we recognize the holy moments when we're familiar with the holy. We recognize, we're able to recognize the holy, those holy moments when we are familiar with the holy. The Bible says in chapter, verse 14, it says, Neither, he replied, said the commander, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground and reverenced and asked him, what message does the Lord have for my servant? Some translations say, instead of, instead of then Joshua, it says, at this or immediately Joshua fell face down. And Joshua immediately recognized that this was a moment that God wanted to deposit something in his life. This was immediately something that God, the instruction that he was waiting for. He was out there scouting, trying to figure out how he's going to take down Jericho. But it was at this moment that God was going to give him what he needed. Amen? Amen. Okay, so here's how it works. If someone says something good, you guys say amen, okay? So I need some help today, guys. So Joshua immediately recognized the holy moment. It's interesting. Do you, so at the end of this passage, the commander of the Lord army, Lord's army said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Where else do we see that in the Bible? Moses. Moses in the burning bush. And Moses was Joshua's chief. Moses was Joshua's predecessor. Joshua served under Moses for many, many years. Joshua was, was the, the, his right-hand man, his aide. And it's interesting because when, Mo, when, the, when the Lord spoke through the burning bush and said, Moses, take off your shoes, what did Moses do? He argued with God. He said, no, 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 you got the wrong guy. I can't do this. My mouth, it doesn't work. He said like four or five times. It's like, I can't do this. But what does Joshua do? The Bible says, and he did so. Why? Because Joshua recognized the holy moment. Let's take a look at a passage in Exodus chapter 33. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua's son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Joshua he loved the holy moments. He loved being in the presence of God. He was so familiar with the presence of God that when the command of the Lord's army said, no, this is who I am, Joshua immediately said, this is where I need to be right here. And there's so many times that, that this, this applies to us a couple ways. So many times that we are, we're, we are, we think we're familiar with the holy, but we're really not. It also, sometimes it's like, oh, that person, he's, they're, they're the leader. They're the pastor. Pastor JP, he's the one that's familiar with the holy. I'm just going to follow along with him. But I want to encourage you, Joshua was not the leader. He was a dude serving Moses. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be a head of household. You don't have to be a boss here. Anyone here can be impacted, and, and God can encounter them in a mighty way. Amen? It doesn't matter who you are. God has something for your life. Each and every one of you has a calling on your life, and you will not be able to fulfill the calling on your life if you're not familiar with the presence of God. You won't be able to get instruction from God if you're not able to recognize the presence of God. I mentioned I have two boys. 
Wesley's four, but uh, there was a time, there was a, we, there's a, a place in Wisconsin that we'll go sometimes as a family, just spend a few days, and it's out in the middle of farmland, and there was, there was a day, he was, Wesley was probably not even 20 months old, but he was at the stage of life where he was learning what animals are. He was like, oh, daddy, doggy, and goat, or like, maybe not goat, goat's a little more advanced, but that, <laughs> doggy, cat, cow, chicken. And we were going for a walk, it was in the middle of farmland, and it was kind of on this dirt road, and we were walking with my in-laws, and we were, we were, we were walking, and I remember I was pushing Wesley, and uh, we came across the largest bull I have ever seen in my entire life. This thing was, like, massive. Guys, it was the size from that chair to probably right here. It had a ring in its nose that was, like, this big around, but it looked like this. On its size, it was huge, and so my father and I were, and I were saying, "Man, how big do you think it is? Two thousand pounds? No, twenty-two hundred pounds. No, it's got to be twenty-four hundred pounds." And we kind of died down. And Wesley, who is no is like no um, professional when it comes to animals, goes, "Big cow." <laughs> and the conversation of the cow stopped because the not even two-year-old just summed it all up in two words: <laughs> "Big cow." And see, because Wesley was familiar with what cows are, he was like, oh, that's a big cow. And sometimes, you know, it, Wesley was familiar with cows, and God wants us to be familiar with his presence. Amen? And this, this served as an incredible foundation for, for Joshua's leadership. We don't have time to go into it right now. But Joshua, if you look at the first part of, of chapter 5, there are a couple things that didn't make sense. They're in the promised land. They are vulnerable. They are ready to get attacked by enemies. But Joshua did a couple things that recognized the holy and recognized the presence of God. And you may be here, you're not really sure what holy means. You might be here and you're like, well, I've heard of the term holy, and holy is, is a word that I, we, we say, we talk about, and we, when we recognize, we want to be in the presence of God, but what really is holy? Holy means to be set apart. Holy means to be different, Holy means to not do fall in with the norm. And when we live a holy life, God has called each and of us to each and every one of us to live a holy life. And when we live a holy life, God it allows God to deposit in our lives something that is special because we are communing with Him. We're familiar with His presence, and we're able to get something deposited in our life that is able to help us fulfill the calling and the mission and the promise on our lives. How many of you feel like you have a promise on your life? Amen. Don't you want to fulfill it? You're not going to be able to fulfill it if you don't allow the Lord to speak to you and give you the instruction that you need. And you're not going to be able to get that instruction if you're far from God. You have to be separated and set apart for God. You might be here, and you've recently started your walk with the Lord. I, I am so happy that is the most, that's the most wonderful decision you've ever made. But if you do not take that next step of growing closer to God, you're going to fail. 
It's not, it's not in your own strength that you can do it. You have to spend time in the presence of God. You have to read your Bible. You might be here, what does holy mean? How do you, what, where, where do we get holy moments? And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But you have to spend time in the presence of God. You, for those of you who are parents, maybe you're here and you want your kids to be used by God. And there's a promise that you, have, that you feel is on their life. And there's something that you're like, I want my son to do this. And I feel like God's going to use them to do this. But you're not allowing your home to be holy. You're allowing unholy things to come into your home. And you, it may be like, well, this person across the street is doing it. Well, we're not across the street. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be holy. We're called to be sanctified. We're called to be separated from the world. And so, so often as parents, we're like, God, but you can use our little Joey here. But the parent might be allowing music into the home that's not edifying. And that young child gets that in their spirit, and they're not familiar with the holy things. You might be here for, you might be, you've walked with the Lord for a while, and God has done incredible things in your life, and your walk with the Lord might have gone stale. I want to encourage you, stay in the tent a while, like Joshua did. Stay in the tent a while. Don't be afraid to just linger in the presence of God, because in those, pre- in those moments, that's where we become familiar with the holy things, and that's where we can be encouraged and built up and refreshed in our walk with him. Amen? Amen. So we're able to recognize the holy moments when we're familiar with the holy. The other thing I want to talk about is that when we, we, when we recognize the holy moments, who we are is redefined. Who we are is redefined. It says, Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What does what message does the Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So Joshua was a warrior. Joshua was a man of battle. Joshua was a man of blood. Joshua had killed men with his own hands. Joshua knew the, the, the ins and outs of battle. Some, some scholars believe that Joshua was one of the best military commanders we've ever seen in history at the likes of Napoleon and, and the so on and so forth. But Joshua was one of the best military commanders. But Joshua was the commander and the general of the army for the past 40 years. But God needed Joshua to operate in a different understanding and a different anointing in this season. You see, Joshua, what's so incredible about the, the word, take off your sandals. Joshua was a military man, and in that day, they didn't have, like, Gore-Tex boots, right? They didn't have the boots that our guys that are fighting for us have they they had sandals and some men fought with no sandals some people fought barefoot i know it's hard to believe but actually most of the army fought barefoot and it was the commanders it was the men that needed to have the best footing the best warriors they're the ones that had sandals and those sandals that joshua had was an identification marker of who he was as a warrior it was saying i am a warrior i have good footing and i can fight you but the commander of the lord's army said you're not a soldier anymore I don't need you to be a general of the Lord's, I don't need you to be a general of the army. I need you to be a leader. I need you to be a shepherd. And he took off his shoes and he was redefined in that moment. In that holy moment, God redefined him. He was no longer the general. He was no longer the commander. He said, you're going to lead, your, lead the people differently than you've led them the past 40 years. Instead of leading them with your sword, instead of leading them with your spear, instead of leading them shouting out commands, yes, Joshua needed to do that. He was going to lead them on his knees. He was going to need him. Immediately, Joshua hit his knees and said, I am here. What message do you have for your servant? Take off your shoes. I'm changing you. 
and my brother, my sister, there are times in our lives, there's things where God wants to speak to you in incredible ways. He wants to change you for the next season of your life. He wants to change you to be used by him in incredible ways. And if we don't listen, if we don't recognize the holy moments, we're going to completely miss it. If Joshua had not been changed from a warrior to a leader to a shepherd, he probably would have gone head straight into Jericho and would have killed thousands of men. Jericho was a heavily walled city. Ben said, Joshua, the Lord said, hey, I've got a plan for you. You're just going to yell really loud. And guess what? The walls came tumbling down. But in that moment, God wanted to change Joshua and redefine him who he is. There's an incredible example. Um, Paul, the apostle, who was Saul. We're not going to put up the, the passage yet. Or I don't, we're going to skip over the passage. But Paul was another example of this because he was so, the Bible says that he breathed murderous threats towards the Christians. He was so intense on persecuting the Christians that every breath he breathed was, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill her, I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill her. But yet God knocked him off his horse, literally knocked him off his high horse, changed him in a moment, and turned out to be the most influential Christian in history. I can speak from personal experience. When I, a few um, a season ago, I was, uh, me and two other men in our church and our wives were ordained as pastors of the church. Before that, my mission was to be an equipper, to equip others, to support, to build, to, 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 to make sure everything um, was, everyone had everything they need to, to, to do the work they had, the ministry they had. But that day that we were ordained, we have three services at Chicago Tabernacle, and we had the ordination every service so that way the whole church could, could celebrate. Each service there was a word that someone came up and gave me after the service. And in fact, we went home, there's someone taking care of our kids, and that, there's someone else that gave me the same word. And each word was saying, Josh, you're called to be a builder. And in that day, God redefined my mission, redefined what I was called to do. He said, you are now going to help build people. You're going to help, you're going to help encourage people. You're going to help make sure structures are built. You're going to make sure you're going to build my kingdom. But if I was not sensitive and not attentive to the presence of God, if I would have just said, oh, yeah, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, I completely would have missed the calling that God has for me in this season. And so many times, if it, we, we are so caught up in the things that we feel like God is calling us to do, we completely miss God changing the, the course of our life. And we keep going on the same path, but God wants us to start heading this direction. And if you're not attentive to the holy moments, you're going to completely miss those, those times. If Joshua would not have been redefined as a leader, the entire nation would have stayed still. So think about this. There's two million people waiting for him to, get, to figure out what they're going to do with Jericho. And if he would have not been able to listen to God and say, hey, I'm changing you from a general to a shepherd, two million people would have stayed still. And the entire promise of God, 500 plus years of promise that those people had in their heart would have fallen down. Joshua had to be redefined. Sometimes, some of us might here might have, um, we might have a little pride. We are like, well, God, look at what all I've done for your glory. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Joshua fought a lot of battles before this. He did a lot of good things for the kingdom of Israel. And for God's glory. But 
There's some times where it's like, well, I did this, God, but don't you see I'm doing good? But if we don't recognize the holy moments where God wants to redefine us, we're going to completely miss what God wants us to do in the future and the maximum exponential impact that he would have for, through, work through us. And sometimes we're so proud of who we are and what we're doing, we completely miss the fact that God is giving us new commands. Sometimes some of us don't want to miss the, don't, don't want to kneel down and don't want to humble ourselves and say, hey, God, this is what you have for me. You might be afraid of it. You might be challenged by it. You might be, you might be uh, ashamed. You might think that you're going to be ashamed. You're going to be ridiculed. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But there are moments, and I want to encourage you, the commander of the Lord's army was there with Joshua. The one that commanded all the heavenly hosts was there at that moment. And if Joshua didn't recognize this, this man, this being, has a new charge for me, he would have completely missed it. If the musicians could go ahead and come on up. So we've taken a look at how we can position ourselves to be able to recognize the holy moments. We've seen that when we recognize the holy moments, God can redefine us, God can challenge us, God can give us a, a redefinition of who we are. And the last thing is when we recognize the holy moments, God gives us the courage and the direction to conquer. When we recognize the holy moments, God gives us the courage and the direction to conquer. The Bible says, Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And there, remember, Joshua's out there trying to figure out what to do. He's like, Okay, God, you've called us to the promised land. And this is me reading into this, okay? So this, this, is, like a, this is like the Josh LeBlanc translation of what I'm about to tell you. But I feel like Joshua's out there with his dudes, and they're like, okay, we could do this. They see Jericho out there, and they're like, okay, we could go around this way. We could go around this way. We could do this. And I think Joshua hit his knees out of reverence and out of respect and out of authority, but I think Joshua also hit his knees out of relief. Oh, phew. Someone's here to tell us what to do. And my brother, my sister, there are times where we, we, we know that God is calling us to do things, but we have to stay diligent. We have to continue pressing on. But in those holy moments, God can give us the direction we need to take that next step. You might be here and you're afraid. You might be afraid of what's what's tomorrow or next week or next year bring because you know that God's calling you to do something and you're afraid of that. Let me encourage you. As I was saying earlier, the commander of the Lord's army was there. As the commander of the Lord's army, he's like, I have now come. And I imagine there was like reverb on his voice when he said that. I have now come, 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 come. And I was like, okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you. But at that moment, he was equipped He's given the courage, and that, that being, being there, the commander of the Lord's army signified, not only are you fighting, not only are your men fighting, but the Lord is fighting for you. I command all the heavenly foe hosts, and we're going to fight this battle for you. The very next passage is chapter 6, and that's where the Israelites defeated Jericho. And again, I, I believe, this is my own personal opinion, that it was at that moment, at the feet of the commander of the Lord's army, we read chapter 6. It said, six days go around, on the seventh day all shout. And that is such an odd military strategy, right? But it worked. Jericho was the linchpin of conquering the, the, the promised land. And at that moment, God did something incredible. 
for Joshua. And when we are, when we in the holy moments, when we meet God and God meets us, there are times where God just invests in us in so many ways. We're able to draw on such a deep, deep, deep well. I know we're, we're running short on time, but I want to put one more passage up. Ephesians chapter 6. This is out of the Amplified Version, and this is talking about the, this is the verse leading into the, uh, the, 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 the armor of God. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him. And as we get ourselves armed for battle, as we get ourselves charged up, ready to take on what God has called us to do, and, and we're, we've got the breastplate of righteousness, we've got the, the sword of the Spirit, there's a union that God wants us to have with him. And in that union, God can equip us, and he can challenge us, and he can, and he can launch us. He can give us the direction. He said, go here, go here, go here, or go here. Walk around the, the city six times, and on the seventh day, yell like crazy. And the walls are going to come tumbling down. You might be here, and we talked earlier, you might be afraid of the next season of your life. You might be concerned about the next season of your life. Maybe you're dating. And you're like, well, this dude, I don't know about this dude. Or this, I won't ask you guys to raise your hands if that applies to you, because you guys might slap across the back of the head. But, Sometimes it takes courage to have conversations, right? It takes courage to have conversations. If you're married, and you, it's like, you know what? I have to talk to my wife about this. I have to talk to my husband about this. I have to talk to my mom or my dad about this. This is something that my father did to me 15 years ago that still hurts me. And you have to have those courageous conversations because if you do not deal with that, God can't give you the next direction of what to do. My, my friend, my brother, my sister, God is with you. All you got to do is just take the next step and follow his direction. Maybe you're here and you need direction in your life. You're like, okay, God, I want to be used by you. God meets you in those holy moments. God meets you in those holy moments. And if you do not have union with him, if you do not commune with him, you cannot get that direction that you desire. You cannot get that direction you desire. feel like I'm supposed to say if you're here and you're facing financial challenges, you don't know maybe where the next bill's coming from. Or the flip side, God's challenged you to be generous with your finances. And you know that you're supposed to give generously. You know you're supposed to tithe. You know you're supposed to be uh, faithful with what God's given you. But you're afraid to take that next step. You're afraid that, like, ooh, that's going to take a little bit off my budget. Be courageous. God's already given you the direction. Now just take a step of faith. Let's everyone stand. You know, Joshua was called to do an incredible thing. He was called to fulfill a promise that was over five centuries old. He was called to help two million people fulfill the calling on their life. And in himself, he wasn't able to do it. He needed God. He needed God to, to download to him what he needed. What would have happened if Joshua would have just completely blown past that dude? It, the entire nation of Israel would just probably be stuck there still. 
probably would have disintegrated. But Joshua was so sensitive. He was so humble. He was so aware of the presence of God that when the commander of the Lord's army said, I'm the commander of the Lord's army, he immediately hit his knees and said, okay, what do you have for me? I'm here. God changed him. Joshua was aware of the holy moments because he was familiar with the holy. God redefined who Joshua was, took him from being a soldier to a leader to a shepherd. And in that moment, God gave him the courage and the direction to conquer, to go on and conquer the entire promised land. And maybe you're here, and you're someone, these, one of the things pointed out to you, and you're like, you know what? I, I'm not living a holy life. And it, you're not maybe necessarily living a bad life or a sinful life, but I'm not living a life that's set apart for God and for God's glory. And maybe you're here and you're like, I, I need to change, God. I need to, I need to become more familiar with your presence. Maybe you're here and you're afraid. You're afraid of what's ahead of you. You need God to give you courage. You need God to challenge you. You need God to give you direction. Maybe you're here and you need a redefinition of who you are as a man or a woman. What we're going to do is we're going to open the altars. If you feel like you need to pray for one of those things, we're going to sing this song. This song is so incredible. And we walked in as the volunteers were preparing. We were singing this song. This song, let us become more aware of your presence, Lord. Let's not miss the presence. You know, could we start with the bridge? The presence of God is so wonderful. The presence of God is so powerful. It can change you in a moment. It can change you in a moment. And God wants to do things right now, today, in this lost space in your life. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in your life. He wants God to, God wants to change you and to challenge you and to grow you and to launch you into a new season. God's got, God's got Joshua's in this room. God's got Joseph's in this room. God's got incredible men and women that are going to be used for the kingdom of God, for his glory in this room. But it cannot happen if you do not recognize the holy moment, if you want to meet God in a powerful way, if you want to encounter God in a powerful way, I encourage you to come on up. Come on up. The team's going to be here to pray with you. If, you, if you, this is weird for you, the, the, the purpose of having an altar call is saying, God, I'm going out. This is the first step of faith. This is the first courageous step that you have to have. Take a step of courage. God is going to give you the courage to conquer. God is going to give you the courage and the direction. So come on, come on up. We're going to sing the song.